0: pre-record so on my count, seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Other Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to
2: the Eagle Hour. All right, here we go. Another edition of the Eagle Hour. You know it's Eagle Hour time because Kelly's doing his Dixie Darling. Can I say that? Dixie's, chops. Yeah. The chops. Yeah. You
3: actually had one of those girls teach you how to do that, didn't you? Yeah, and I can't ever get my... They're suppo- your elbows are supposed to be parallel to the shoulders. I can't uh-huh. get my elbows up that high. I guess my joints are just too creaky at my old age to be able to get them up that high. But that's the correct technique. Okay,
2: I'm going to let that go. Okay. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bancor Studio in Hattiesburg and Laura. We're glad you're with us. Bob Kelly-Luke, whole gang is here. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great supporters of our show. Great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. And a great place to take your family for a delicious meal. Eric Scott, the newest Dallas Cowboy, will be joining us a little later in the program. But right now, we want to go down to the coast. Scott Watkins, beat writer, For the Biloxi Sun-Herald, does such a good job covering uh, Southern Miss Athletics. And, Scott, I want to welcome you back to the show. I want to give you a Bob Getty theory, and I want you to tell me most of the time they're wrong. But it would seem to me that this this coming week is the potential opening for Southern Miss to take over the regular season lead in Sunbelt baseball for this reason. The Golden Eagles play the worst team in the league this weekend, have no midweek games. Coastal plays two midweek games, including a game with Clemson, and then they have to go to Stanky Field and, and Mobile to play what I think is still a pretty good South Alabama baseball team. Is this not the best opportunity this week for the Golden Eagles to grab first place?
4: Uh, for the rest of the way, considering there's only two series left and considering the uh, the series that, that comes after this weekend, where you got Coastal having to play uh, a bad Marshall team and then in Southern Miss playing Louisiana, yeah, it would be the best opportunity to uh, take first place. However, that said, uh, Coastal continues to look extremely resilient in uh, in, in each series that it's played, uh, especially against App State. Uh, the way it bounced back, uh, and the way it bounced back against Louisiana as well, a couple of really big extra inning wins in, in those series as, as well. Uh, It's the best opportunity, but it's certainly not a given.
2: They've clearly, I think, separated themselves as the two best teams in the league. Who would be third? Would it be Louisiana, or would it maybe be Troy?
4: Uh, You know, it could be Troy. It it could be Georgia Southern's kind of surged a little bit. Uh, Texas State is still very quietly very good. Um, And and they have that that good series win against Southern Miss as well. Um, The top of the league is playing well right now. Uh, I think the gap between the top tier, I think there is a gap between Southern Miss and Coastal, but it's not huge. I think Texas State is right there, and Louisiana is right there.
3: Kelly, you like Texas State, don't you? I do. I mentioned it yesterday. They they did win that series against Southern Miss early on, and they're, they've picked up the gallop a little bit here. You know, as they as they head, you know, past that final furlong, heading down the home stretch, I like the Bobcats to be that number three three team. Which gives me the
2: opportunity to intervene here and remind people that the Eagle Hour will be in Montgomery broadcasting Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from the site of the tournament. So we we'll want to get that plug in here. All right, Luke, uh, your thoughts, Luke? I, I say, I say, Coastal
0: Southern Miss, Louisiana, Luke. Who's your top three? Uh, to Kelly's point, I mean Texas State. Uh, you know, they they did lose a series to Troy uh, three weeks ago, but then they beat uh, they swept Georgia State and beat Old Dominion on the road. Um, and and they're making a case, Scott. I mean, when you look at the RPI, we we were for for a long time, it was like Sunbelt, you know, Coastal Southern Miss, Troy probably probably gets in. Texas State today has actually overtaken Troy at, at thirty five RPI. What that means is, you know, all all four of those teams, 30-plus wins, it would seem as if the Sun Belt would make a strong case being the fifth-ranked uh, RPI conference right now To for that fourth team. Um, is it possible, you know, for, for a, a two-host, four-team scenario if, you know, it continues to be bunched up like this and everybody's RPI kind of keeps everybody up?
4: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's, that's kind of how it's shaping up to be. Um, Southern Miss, I, I think, is going to need some things to break its way down the stretch, but uh, even Warren Nolan has uh, Southern Miss predicted to finish number 12 in RPI uh, by the time the conference tournament starts, so it, it's very, very possible. Um, however, the conference tournament is going to determine a lot of that stuff in a similar way that the Conference USA tournament did last year. Um, so there's there's just a, so much unknown here at the end of the year that it's it's hard to say. I am working on it though. I've, I've been talking to some people about that as well. Um, it's very possible. I mean, if, if just a month ago, it was possible that someone could get could get five in, um, but I think four is a very realistic number.
0: What's what's been your take? Uh, really, how the the bottom half of the order has really come on? Um, and I made this comment to Coach Barry yesterday. It just seems as if. You know, with, 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 with Montenegro, Ewing, uh, Peyto now, and, and then the emergence of, of Nick Monaster kind of being that, that final piece in the offense, it just seems as if you can get a possibility of having, like, twice in the order, a two, three, four, you know, hitting combination. Yeah, that,
4: I think we, we talked a little bit about that a week or two ago. Uh, the offense has balanced out pretty well. Um, and that what I think is so interesting about it is that there are so many different types of players. Uh, that wasn't really the case last year. Um, but this year there are guys that get it done in different ways. They get on base in different ways. They, they move the line in different ways. They get guys first, third, second, home. Uh, and it's all the way top down. And that's kind of what we were, what, what hoping for really before the season started when we, when we knew, uh, this outfield was going to be loaded with, with Edsel in the picture, uh, with Tate Parker in the picture and you throw that in with Carson Beto, I mean, once a few of these guys get hot, all of a sudden you've got a very complete lineup, and that's what's happening is that everybody's just kept swinging the bats through the uh, first couple months, and here we are. I mean, it's, it's, it is a deep lineup. It was supposed to be a deep lineup, and it's, it's hitting like a deep lineup. So it, that has been such a boon to this team in April uh, and now into May, uh, it's kind of playing out similar to last year. So, yeah, it's been really, really, really big, especially considering the pitching can sometimes, in moments, not be there.
2: All right, two weeks left uh, before we get to uh, Montgomery. Fair to say, Scott, I think this is a tournament that virtually any team in the tournament has the possibility of getting hot and winning the whole thing.
4: Yeah, absolutely fair to say. Uh, The the biggest thing from this weekend that kind of stood out to me is that uh, just. South Alabama is dangerously close to being on the outside looking in uh, to this thing, and that's that's how deep this league is. I mean, that that's just a microcosm of what we're looking at in this tournament, this bloodbath that's about to ensue. But the Jaguars might not even play in it, so it, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be it, every game is gonna be brutal. There are no givens when you get to Montgomery.
3: Here's the thing that stood out to me after this weekend. Surprise, surprise, the 2023 Eagles, as they stand right now, look a lot like the 2022 Golden Eagles at this point in the season. Hitting better, pitching better, playing well down the stretch as they head toward the tournament. Yes, no, maybe. Stop.
4: Yes, I can't I can't comment on, you know, exactly how they played this week and I told Luke I was a little out of commission for a few days. But um that yeah, I mean I followed up with it, I, I kept up with it a little bit and yeah, it, it is shaping up to be just like last year right now and that it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Everybody is in their groove right now. Slade has not cooled down, everybody else is heated up. Um, they're pitching well, they're pitching better and down the stretch. They just have to keep it going. Um, they have a pretty simple schedule. The rest of the way, it's nothing like what Coastal Carolina has to deal with. Yeah, uh, and so it's, it's it's a good opportunity.
0: Scott, this is important uh, for for us to think through it. I'm, I'm sure you've been over there to Montgomery and and seen that stadium. Just to, you know, with with Coastal, Coastal was able to squeak out some wins uh, this weekend against App with with some home runs late. Uh, when the Eagles played, there was some. You know, it Just seems that ballparks pretty pretty small. I, I think it's going to be a little harder, and I could be eating my words here in a couple weeks for that offense to do what they do in a minor league ballpark. Plus, it just seems as if they might not have the pitching to go all the way.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 definitely a fair criticism. Um, Riverwalk is an interesting little stadium. Uh, you can you can hit the ball into the the railroad. Uh, over in left field, fairly easily, but uh, everything else is—it's a minor league ballpark. You know, it's—it's it's a lot of grass in center and right field. So it, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Um, but you know, Coastal—I I can't. I, I'm going to continue to give Coastal the benefit of the doubt, even if it does play in a small park, because it just hasn't proven anyone wrong up to this point yet.
2: All right, Scott. Uh, just 10 seconds left. Yes or no answer? Golden Eagles still in the hunt to host a regional tournament?
4: Yes. Yeah, still in the hunt. Absolutely,
2: that's a great way to end this segment, Scott. We appreciate the we appreciate your input on the Eagle Hour, and we'll look forward to uh, having you on again real soon. Thank you, Scott Watkins. Everybody, Biloxi son Harold. Maybe we catch up with Scott out at Montgomery and bring him on the show. And uh, a lot of insight.
3: They're looking a lot like the Eagles of last year. I'm telling you, I don't. I don't want to think. That. It's all shaping up. It's just, all coming together. I get too excited. <laughs> How about them Cowboys, Kelly? Coming from a guy who used to like the Redskins, I admire your professionalism, Bob Getty, because you haven't said anything bad about the Cowboys. But now you have a legitimate reason to cheer. Well, at least, well, to like the Cowboys. The newest Dallas Cowboy
2: next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top, to the top. You're
4: tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: All right, this segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, CampusBookmark.net. Right there on Hardy Street, wherever you're, wherever you're tuned in this afternoon. If it's another part of the country on one of our streams, then you can go to CampusBookmark.net. Super Talk Eagle Hour can be heard the podcast version on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in anytime you like, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're excited about this interview. Eric Scott, a beloved Golden Eagle, is now a Dallas Cowboy, drafted by the Cowboys last week at a personal phone call. We understand from Jerry Jones. Eric, welcome to the show, man, and congratulations!
1: Thank you very much. Glad to be
3: here.
2: Well, we're proud for you, and I, I know it was a there was a lot of hubbub about the phone call that you got a little emotional during the phone call. Perfectly understandable, but kind of relive that for us. Exactly what happened, Eric?
1: Um, You know, I was very blessed and fortunate enough to get a phone call last Saturday. Um, Taking you guys through that day, uh, it was very uh, anxious. I was very anxious, anxiety ridden from the start of the fourth round all the way up leading up until my phone call. I remember being in my parents' room. Uh, I was at the front of the bed. They were laying behind me. I had a cover of my head, and I was shaking, <laughs> just wondering what was going to go on. And sooner or later, the phone started ringing, and I just couldn't hold it in. I started boohoo tearing. <laughs>
2: was it Jerry Jones? Did you talk actually to Jerry Jones?
1: Yes, I did. First, it was Will McClay, and he said that he had somebody that wanted to talk to me. I had a good feeling of who it was. And then I got to speak with Mr. Jones, and he told me that they were going to turn my card in.
2: Right, I want to tell you this, and I'll get the guys in conversation here, but I, I told them, as a as a guy that grew up watching the Washington Redskins, never did really like the Dallas Cowboys, but always have understood <laughs> that there is a real mystique about the Dallas Cowboys. They're, they're just not another NFL franchise. So yeah. to be drafted by the Dallas Cowboys and to get a call from Jerry Jones himself, that's got to be a day, Eric, you'll remember the rest of your life.
1: Can't forget it. I mean, I'm... Forever grateful for Mister Jones deciding to pick me and and um, add me to their team. Um, it is surreal because the Cowboys is America's football team. I mean, everybody knows who the Cowboys are, and to be able to have an opportunity to go down there and display my talents and represent uh, the Cowboys now is just the, the opportunity is surreal.
3: E. Scott, did you tell him that you wanted your money in cash because you heard that Dreher Jones had bounced some checks over the years? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned that part. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm just kidding obviously. Hey, what was it about your skill set that you think uh was was something that the Cowboys had to have?
1: You know, um I feel as though in this year's draft class that I was a unique corner with some of the skill sets and athletic ability that I've been gifted from God. Um I think that the coaching staff that they have there has something up their sleeve that they'll be able to teach and mold me into a a, a, a potential starting cornerback for the, for the Cowboys.
3: And, and, di- and did you have any inkling that it was going to be the Cowboys? Or, or what, what were you kind of thinking going into the draft as to who it might be? Not necessarily when, but who it might be.
1: Well, you know, I had took visits to Tampa. I took a visit to the Cowboys as well. I took a visit to the Colts. To the Vikings, and I had a local day with the Saints. So there was there was five teams that showed a, a, a decent amount of interest. Um, I really didn't have an, an inkling of when, who, what, or where. I was really just sitting there anxious and, and waiting for a phone call.
0: Luke, hey Scott, Luke Johnson. Thanks so much for coming on, man, and I appreciate uh, yeah, you uh, you reaching back out and allowing us uh, to, to have you on today. Um, it, it was a challenging spring for you. I mean, um with with the Absolutely. vertical uh and, and with your wingspan, but but man, you a lot of people, Coach Moreno told us last week didn't know that you'd mess your quad up and it caused you to run a little slower and now uh, you're back in that four four range. But I mean it, it was almost Absolutely. like a, it was a grind. Nothing from if you're from Southern Miss, you know one thing, nothing's ever given to you. Ever.
1: <laughs> ever. Just wanted to put a little emphasis on that. Ever given to you. <laughs>
0: How did you press through that?
1: Oh, well, you know, I mean, I've got a really strong support system around me, and uh, I've always been a very determined individual myself. So setbacks are nothing but opportunities for, for growth. So every time that I encountered some adversity, I just kind of rolled up my sleeves a little bit and went back to work. And, uh, you know, dreams do come true if you, if you keep working hard enough at
0: them. You you came in uh, probably in the craziest football season in the history of uh, college football, but but Southern Miss, and um, and and I say that to say you, you faced adversity early on, and I want to commend you because as a former player, you stuck it out. And then uh, just a minute ago, or about 30 minutes ago, I texted Coach Hall, told him you were going to be on today. He just replied back, awesome. A a couple of uh, months ago, we were talking NFL prospects. He pointed, talked about you and Brownlee. And just kind of talk about the last two years, what this coaching staff has meant to you to help you get where you are right now.
1: You know, I'm forever indebted to Coach Hall because he definitely has taught me some lifelong lessons that I will never forget. Um, I remember the day that he came in. And sat down with a few of us and told us, "Hey, this is this is what's gonna happen, and this is how I'm gonna do it. And I need you guys to buy in." And from the day he asked me to buy in, I was ready to. I, I was sold. So I'm forever grateful for, for uh, Coach Hall for, for teaching me what he's taught me and giving me the opportunity to to have a winning season. Um, great coaching staff from from top to bottom. It trickles all the way from the top to the bottom.
0: Absolutely, now many many moons ago, I went through a, a rookie camp with the Detroit Lions, um, and so I, I guess our, our a lot of our listeners, as a six round pick, now what's next for you? What does rookie camp look like? What do the next few weeks look like for you? Well,
1: it's jam packed, so I'm going to go through rookie camp this weekend, and then a rookie developmental program that's for a month, and then we'll roll into a training camp, and then preseason will be here in August and
3: season
2: will be here before you know it. Man, how, you're right about that. It's right around the
3: corner, isn't it, guys? How, how right do, around. How, how do you expect your life to change the most going forward, E?
1: Um, you know, I don't expect too much change. I'm going to try and replicate a lot of the things that I was doing at Southern that brought me some success. So that's that's the main thing for me. I really don't want to have too many changes. I want to be able to keep a lot of the things same to be able to hopefully produce some of the same success that I was able to have at Southern.
2: All right, Eric, you said your parents were with you when you got that call. Did I understand that right? Absolutely, both of them. All right. As as a father of of two successful young adults, now I know how much pride I took in in watching them develop and become the adults that they are now. Kind of put in words the reaction that your dad and your mom had. That must have been – It was a special day for you, but I guarantee you, dude, it was a really special day for your parents as well.
1: Absolutely. You know, I would say that our our reactions were very uh, similar. We both started screaming, and then I had to make sure everybody got quiet when the phone started ringing. (laughs) I had to get on the phone, but um, tears of joy. All of us were very excited and thrilled to to see that I was going to be able to take the next step in my journey. Um, I definitely know that I've made them proud throughout this process.
2: No question. And what do you think? What do you think your time at Southern Miss ha- has given you, Eric? That'll help you uh, be prepared for what's in front of you now.
1: Um, you know, I think just the discipline and the dedication that I had to use to endure through the adversities that we went through as a team. Um, I think that that'll definitely be, be used as foundation for, for moving forward and going into the NFL.
2: Are you sleeping very well right now? Or are you not, uh, so get a little restless at night? I think it might, you know, be last
1: week, last week before the draft, no sleep at all. Um, <laughs> now, maybe just a tad bit more, <laughs> just a little bit, but definitely hard to sleep at night. Um, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of unknown. I think that's the part. Um, That's the main thing. But I think as soon as I get down there and I'm able to get into a routine and the swing of things that everything will start to slow down and – Things will be be a lot back to
3: normal. Then. And, and Eric, you said your parents were it was tears of joy, but but perhaps it was tears of disappointment when they found out the call did not come from the Bengals. <laughs> I don't uh, think that, uh, I don't think that you know, entered their minds. No. So. And I don't
1: think it, I don't think it was the Bengals. It might have been the Chiefs. My parents have been Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> fans since the oh. Kansas City Chiefs were a thing.
3: So. Oh, of of all the teams, you had to bring up the Chiefs.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you
1: know I'm a Kansas City native. Yes, so that's right. There man, you go.
0: Scott, you just uh, you just remind Dak that he was seen in public in Dallas with the Southern Miss hat on sometimes. So he That's can right. he can wear that if he needs to. We did see that, yes. We
1: I'll, do. Make sure, I'll make sure to, to let him know.
0: Hey, Eric,
2: I, I know I speak for all the guys, and for all of us that follow Southern Miss, I'll tell you how proud we are of you and how happy we are for you. And uh, we will all be your biggest fans when you uh,
3: take that field in the NFL. And, and before he leaves, should we, should we give him one – how, How about, about those them Cowboys? cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
2: Best of luck Thank to you, Eric. You Thank you, man.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
2: All right. Eric Scott,
3: the new member of the mystique-laden Dallas Cowboys. And he can also tell Dak Scott that the Bulldogs are going down this year. Well, one thing, too,
2: you'll be able to see Eric because they're the national game of the week. Every, Every week. week. <laughs> we'll be back. To the top. All right, right, Four Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. Great place to have lunch five days a week. You hear me say it every day, but it's true. Just $9.95 at the big games are always on the TV. Also, I want to thank our friends at Jana King, the king of clean. They've been cleaning uh, places of worship, work, education, medicine, eateries, stadiums, in the Pine Belt for 35 years, and they can clean your business, too. Just go to JanaKingCleans.com.
3: They actually uh, sw- swept out the uh, South Alabama dugout this weekend. Too. They did. They cleaned it out after. Uh, he, that, what,
0: can, he, can we do that? Every sweep is brought to you by King. Yeah, that, yeah. that South
2: King. The South Owl Sweep, sweep yeah. brought to you by Jana I want to thank uh, Luke Johnson for setting up that interview yeah. with Eric Scott. That was a great interview, and what a – Man, how are you? Not a fan of his now. What a what a great young man in uh, Eric Scott, and of course,
0: wish him absolutely he, uh, nothing. But he players. said he wanted to continue in Dallas, what he had been doing at Southern Miss. Okay, pick sixes because that, if you remember, that's what sealed it, allowed Southern Miss to beat Tulane down in New Orleans this year. Was him and right. and 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 it goes back to he didn't really comment on it. Um, I didn't ask him specifically, but but I mean, you come in your first year from community college. In the dysfunction that was the 2020 season across college football, but in your first season at Southern Miss, what do you you have three head coaches in a matter of like seven weeks, right? And you stick it out, and you end up being a six round draft pick going to the Dallas Cowboys.
3: The Dallas Cowboys. yeah. Yeah, he played at Butler, a native of Kansas, as we mentioned, played at Butler Community College in Kansas, which happens to be the same community college that Zach Taylor. Who's the head coach of the Bengals? Again, was the again. quarterback? Here we go. Again, here we go. Again. No, I'm just I'm the here fi- we go again. Five degrees of separation. Oh, well. Zach Taylor was the was the quarterback saw, of uh, Butler. When, you
0: saw how quickly Eric Scott chimied and jammed <laughs> you yeah, yeah,
3: in cornerback yeah. terminology yeah. when you brought up the Bengals. But here's the five degrees of separation. Butler played Pearl River, like, like okay. I said, down the road right. in Poplarville.
2: Before we move on, are there any more Bengal analogies you want to get out of no. your system? No. Okay, thank God. All right. Kelly and I were we're we're old, and we were very fortunate to both have been working in television sports here, and had an opportunity to cover and meet one of the great basketball coaches of all time that passed away today, Kelly.
3: Yeah, we we just got the news that eighty-six uh, year old longtime Louisville. Basketball coach Denny Crum has passed away, as we mentioned, at the age of 86. He led the Cardinals to the NCAA Basketball Championship in 1980 and 1986. He was a close personal friend of longtime Southern Miss coach M.K. Turk. Back in the Metro Conference when Louisville and Southern Miss were members of that league, Louisville would always come to uh, the Greenhouse to play on Tuesday nights. It was almost always on a Tuesday night. And the story went that Louisville could have left the Metro Conference at the time for a bigger conference. But Denny Crum always said that they would stay in the Metro as long as the conference would allow Louisville to play their conference games during the week and never have to play them on the weekends. And the reason he did not want to play conference games on the weekends is so that Louisville could go play the powerhouses that were Which they did. North Carolina State, Georgia Tech, UCLA, DePaul, some of those teams at the time that were really good. So they would come to Hattiesburg on a Monday so that he could fish at Lake Serene right over here, as I as I point from our studios here in Oak Grove, and he would fish at Lake Serene. He would always have a meal at Letha's Barbecue mm-hmm. <laughs> right over here, and Louisville would play Southern Miss on Tuesday night but, and always had the carnation and was always such a gentleman. No question.
2: And for those that... Maybe too young to remember or don't know. Put on a scale of 1 to 10 how electric it would be at the Greenhouse
3: when Louisville was in town. Have you ever, have you ever had to buy a scalper ticket to get into Reed Green? You did when Louisville was in town.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, I was growing up. I was under 10 years old during those days, right? So in the 80s, there were villains in your mind. Darth yes, Vader. sure. You know, Darth Vader was Absolutely. a villain. Ivan Drago or Clubber Lang you know, right. from the Rocky movies and Denny Crumpf. Those were the, those were the bad guys. And, but I mean, great, phenomenal. Cause I just remember I used to always get really angry as a six, seven year old watching Southern Miss basketball when we would lose to Louisville and I would be like, it's that crumb guy. He, you know, and so <laughs> well, just as a child, he always had a negative inference in my mind. And then you gain perspective
3: because you always, yeah. because Purvis Ellison. Was all, it seemed like he was there for 10 years at center. You right, know, never right, nervous purpose right, right. there in the middle. But if you ever talk to Denny Crum, just just so so gentle. A real gentle. Yeah, such a great, great guy. One of great the guy. great basketball coaches of all time, no question. Denny about. Crum has passed away at the age of 86.
2: All right, we'll get back to baseball real quick. Uh, talked to several kids after the uh, games uh, this weekend, and one we talked to was Tate Parker, and I wanted to get this on the air today, Kelly. You do the, the PA down at the Pearl River. You have a perspective of this kid. This is a, not only a good baseball player, but really an incredibly outstanding young man.
3: Yeah, Tate, when he came up through the youth leagues, you know, down, down on the coast, uh, always has had just a, a really quick set of hands. Never has been uh, too verbose for a kid with his skill set. Never really talked a whole lot. Very, very quiet, but loved the game. Ran like the wind. Um, but, you know, as, as he got older, you know, played at Pearl River, still has the, the all-time home run record at Pearl River College, which, you know, they're going on to the Region uh, 23 tournament at LSU Eunice uh, here next week. So, I mean, just a, an accomplished hitter, but, you know, a guy that, that really has always known what he's wanted, married with a child now, and just has been a great addition right, to any talk, team.
2: Talk to him Saturday afternoon. Here's, uh, here's our conversation with Tate Parker. All right, Tate Parker on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Tate, you've uh, swung a big bat this year. I understand you may have been battling some back injuries, but tell me
5: how healthy you feel right now and uh, your thoughts about the year. Oh, yeah, you know, we're having – I think we're having a really good year. Just uh, we're on a little hot streak right now, and, yeah, I started off really good, got a, got a little hurt and a little banged up, and I feel good right now. And, you know, just we have a bunch of guys doing really good at one time, and whenever my time is, comes, when I get my name called, I'm going to step in and do my role. But as of right now, yeah, just – you know, being there for the team, and that's the main priority. So you
2: play on a championship team last year, really talented team this year. Describe the uh, transition from uh, from Pearl River to D1.
5: Oh, sh- honestly, it, it really isn't that big of a difference, just the speed of the game, I would have to say, and pitchability is a little bit better. But, I mean, nothing really different, just, just another level up from what it is, you know? Yeah. Well, with you and
2: Peito and Etzel and uh, Reese Ewing, we have some depth in the outfield. We, we have an ability to, to really re- refresh ourselves in the outfield. That's got to be big uh, because there are a lot of games on the schedule.
5: Yeah, there is, you know, and uh, I think we really work matchups well, you know. If there's a lefty that's really good against lefties, then I'll go in and try to get a off of them. And if there's a righty dominant staff, then we'll throw out our lefties against them, you know, and – uh, we've had a lot of success doing that this, this season and i think it's going to continue through the postseason as well and, and just wrapping it up at the end this and year mindset of the baseball team right now is what oh we're just taking it one game at a time just having fun playing the game and i think when you're uh, when you're having fun and winning that's a that's a dangerous combo yeah, one to ten how much fun are you having uh, as a golden eagle Definitely a ten. Definitely a ten.
2: There was a lot of hubbub, a lot of excitement uh, when you signed here, and uh, I can tell you that everyone that follows the black and gold
5: is really, really happy to have you on the squad. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm proud to be here.
2: Really outspoken, great spoken young man. And did you did you guys pick up on the radio voice? We're never going to let him come in and, he, and talk on the. He's show got
3: by. some pipes, doesn't he? Boy,
2: I'm telling you, I, <laughs> I'd kill for pipes like that. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he sounds like a. Well,
0: a lot of people didn't realize about him. He actually started his career at Dallas Baptist yeah. and, and redshirted and, and then came back. And I mean, he was a big time recruiter. West Harrison High School, right, Kelly? That's right. He was a hurricane. And you guys, we were talking about, you know, regionals, potential
3: regionals. Remember how Southern Miss walloped Dallas Baptist at the beginning of the year? Have you yeah. seen what they've done since then? Yeah. I mean, they've only lost like nine games the entire rest of
0: the year. 30, 36 and 11 is what they are, yeah. So, okay. part, Eagles gave them really, what, 25% Out of, their, of their, losses. their losses. Almost a third of their losses. Yeah, loss. so I'm saying, close, I mean, that yeah. that would bode well for the Eagles. Yeah. You, you made a comment about about
2: Parker, too, and uh, when I was doing the interview with him Saturday, he was he was with his wife and baby uh, when I came up uh, and approached him and uh just a lot of love there, man. I mean, you can tell that baby loves him. He loves the family that he has, and uh, and and Luke Luke makes a really good comment. He came back from Dallas Baptist, in part, as my understanding, to to be with her and take care of her, and uh, and raise the child together. So a high character kid, not only a good baseball
3: player. Yeah, you, you'll hear a lot of guys say, well, I'm, I want to you know be a computer engineer, and I want to you know make a whole bunch of money, and I want to go to the pros, and I want." He says, I, "I want to be married. I want to be a dad." And yeah. other than that, he says, yeah. "Whatever else will be, will be." And yeah.
2: I understand he went through the lineman, the, the you know the the lineman's program at Pearl River. I, I think I'm right about this, where you learn, you know, the skills to be a lineman for Mississippi Power or Pearl River Electric.
3: Yeah, not not the football.
2: <laughs> no, I'm um, the important ones, <laughs> the ones that keep the power running yeah, to everybody. Right. Yeah, so a great great conversation with Tate Parker. Friday will. Uh, Bring you conversations that we've had with uh, Blake Johnson and Justin Storm. And we've got a really special guest. We're, we're lining up Friday, a young lady that we uh, met at baseball from London, England, of all places, that now is uh, is Southern Miss. She's she going to give us her view of the coronation this past week, well, Bob? we'll ask her, and uh, you'll clearly, as soon as she starts talking, you'll know she's not from Ellisville. Oh, she's,
3: really? She's, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> more of a Yukata accent, a maybe. More like. <laughs>
0: To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of this Tuesday brought to you by D Bat and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg DBATHattiesburg.com. They carry all the big brands in the pro shop. Great instructors, great batting cages. Fitness over at uh, D1 Training in a 70-yard indoor facility where Kelly Center gave the play-by-play for the famous... Pulled hamstring. Luke Johnson, five It's all at D bat and D one. I tell you what, it made me feel better. A six round draft pick ran a four seven. I ran a four two. I mean a five two, five two. But he had a pulled quad when he did. Yeah, he was hurt guess. when he ran it. <laughs> yeah, but but to be
3: fair, you're also a punter. Punters are not ex- expected to run, you know, great speeds. You know, uh, although I
2: think I, it's, I don't know. Many years ago, the University of uh, Uh, California was here playing, and Southern Miss had an extra point blocked. Almost. And Luke Johnson chased the defensive back for Cal Berkeley a good 50, 60 yards down the field.
0: (laughs) Do you remember that night, Luke? Yeah, and and after the fact, Wayne Hardy said, Man, if you wouldn't have gotten my way, I would have caught him. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you pull a hammy that night, Luke? I didn't. I did not pull a hammy. Um, but yeah, it it. I, looking back on that, I said I did get in Wayne's way, and we would have only trailed by three or I, four, I think we'd have won seven. if
3: you'd have called
2: it.
0: Cal Berkeley, that bastion of conservatism.
2: Yes, and I think if I'm not mistaken, was Aaron Rodgers not the quarterback that night? There was a
0: quarterback on that team named Aaron Rodgers. Yes. There was a running back on that team, two running backs actually named JJ Arrington and Marshawn Lynch. And the and the.
2: Lead singer for Counting Crows was on the sidelines with Cal that night. Now
0: that doesn't surprise me. That
2: was quite a night. That was <laughs> what well, was great
0: a night. though. At the end, when we went up and shook their hands, we wished them all good luck in the Rose Bowl, and they ended up going the holiday. So <laughs> made us uh, made us feel good. All right, couple news and notes. Morgan Linestock's been named the Sun Belt Pitcher of the Week. Lady Eagles were up against the wall against Georgia State uh, in in game uh, one on Thursday. She went out and threw a complete game. With six strikeouts. They lost Friday, had to come back, do or die, threw another complete game on Saturday, struck out 11 guys. 11. Lowers her ERA to 2.54 uh, on the uh, the season and put the Lady Eagles into, uh, uh, to cause them to, to make the tournament. And of course, they will play Coastal Carolina tomorrow at 1 o'clock. So, Morgan Livestock Sunbelt, um, pitcher of the week. Congratulations uh, to her. All right, Sunbelt Baseball tonight. And uh, this, this matters. I mean, Bob, you talked a little earlier. I mean, you know, Coastal, um, yeah. maybe they can get in trouble. I have to use some pitchers uh, this, you know, before uh, they go down to uh, Mobile this weekend. What's the name of that uh, that great baseball stadium again? Uh, South, where South Owl plays? Yes. Stanky, stinky field, isn't it? Stinky, <laughs> Stanky. Stanky. All right. Uh, Tonight, uh, Tulane actually goes to Eddie Stankyfield, Jack's hosts of the Green Wave tonight. Troy hosts the Alabama Crimson title. Dominion hosts East Carolina. Louisiana travels up to Ruston to take on Louisiana Tech. Arkansas State hosts Little Rock. The Citadel and Coastal Carolina. Imagine this, guys. Imagine this. It's canceled. Really? That game is... Can- what? Who's, who's canceled? I'm sorry. Which- Coastal Carolina at the Citadel is you're, magically you're kidding, canceled. Uh, Georgia State hosting Wofford. That that's the something? Terriers, I think. And Marshall hosting Ohio. Y'all talk for a minute. I'm gonna see what the reason for that is. But yeah, Coastal canceled yeah. against. Well, the I'm Citadel. I'm glad
3: you you at least mentioned the softball team because I wanted to just go revisit that for a minute. Is the season that the Lady Eagle softball team had. Although most people on the surface would just think, eh, you know, not a great season, not a bad season. It's certainly a remarkable season because Coach Poole coming down from Memphis uh, this year in her first season. Look, it's no secret if you follow Southern Miss Athletics at all that the softball program, for no fault of the young ladies on the team, the program was in disarray. There was some real tumult, you know, behind closed doors. Uh, of the softball program at Southern Miss. So Coach Poole came in with with a wealth of experience uh, at Memphis. Um, And, you know, sometimes things just after you've been in a program a certain period of time, you know, athletic directors come in and just decide to make some changes. They let her go at Memphis. Southern Miss signed her on, pulled things back together, held this team together. And the fact that they even got in yeah, the, this tournament for the Sun Belt is remarkable, considering all the trials yep. and tribulations that now, that team went through. Is there a
2: Bengal analogy in all of this? Now, I told you
0: I was okay. done with that. Right. <laughs> okay.
3: By the way, the NFL schedule comes out Thursday, Bob, including the Bengals, <laughs> of
0: course. Look what you find out. All right, so apparently, back on April the nineteenth, the Citadel was supposed to play the College of Charleston. So they are looks like uh, they are adjusting the schedule to, I think, make that game. Happened tonight. So from the Citadel sport, Sports dot this game will not be played and will be rescheduled for a future date. So okay. yeah, let's see what happens. So apologies to the shots. All right? to declares, uh, but at the same time, kind of looked old Missy there for a minute, didn't it? It, it did. And, and once again, a,
2: a quick thank you to Janet King for. Sweeping out the South
3: Alabama dugout after the game. And they will travel to Monroe this weekend, we hope. And And sweep (laughs) that one out on our behalf as well. That's right, we hope. (laughs) Christian Ostrander on the show
2: tomorrow. Melissa Soster, Pat McGee. Big show, hope you'll join us. Until then, Southern Miss, to
3: To the the top. top. Time keeps on
0: slipping,
3: slipping, slipping into the future. Fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle,
4: let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. I'll go the
0: a Super Talk Mississippi yeah. Media Production.